with us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Ghost Chronicles International. I am Ron Kolick, your host, and joining me all the way across the pond is the gold standard in ghost hunting, Mr. Steve Parson. Good morning. Hey, uh, Halloween's over. We can breathe Thank again. Thank yeah. <laughs> yeah, do you know what? Yeah, uh, it wasn't one of the better ones. Oh, I'm sorry. No, I mean, I don't mean that in a negative way. I mean, you know, some some Halloweens are good Halloweens and some Halloweens aren't so good Halloweens. This was just a fairly run-of-the-mill Halloween, not one yeah. of the more memorable ones. No, yeah, to me, Halloween's just another holiday, so it doesn't matter to me one way or the other. But, uh, I mean, yeah, it's always it was, a busy time, isn't it? Doing... Yeah, it definitely. When the book came out, it was even busier. And still, I'm still busy with it. And we'll be for the next <laughs> few months, actually. You've got, yeah, you've got to sell it now. Now you've written it. Whatever. How are sales going, by the way? Sales are going very well. The reviews are very good. Uh, we're talking about, for those who don't know, we're talking about my new book, Maureen and I, and, uh, Ghost Chronicles. More Ghost Chronicles, actually. More Ghost Chronicles. So uh, that's available at Barnes & Noble and Amazon and wherever else books are sold. So there you go. There but, we are. And you've been a very busy boy. What was this media thing you were doing over the weekend? Uh, actually, I can't talk about it. I've just been... Well, you've put enough on, on social media. You can tell us that much. <laughs> yep. yep. I've just been chastised for that. So oh, there I you see. go. Oh, well, for, too bad. You forgot the non-disclosure agreement. Then. Ah, that's the cool <laughs> thing about it. I didn't sign one, so well, I am there's nothing stopping you then. absolutely free to talk about anything I want to do, but... Uh, Chat away. Now, out of uh, ethical uh, uh, or morality codes, I'm not going to do it right now, unless they piss me off, of course, and then I will spill all kinds of stuff. <laughs> but, of course, I, I'm not tied to anything, so I can mention it was um, a haunting... And for the travel channel, I understand. Yeah, but you can't, you can neither confirm nor deny that. No, I've I've said it's a, it was a haunting. Uh, Next step, ghost adventures. Yeah, it could be. So we have a request of whether we have a brand new tailor of curious tales, and the question is, when do we want to play it? Before the break or after the break? Oh, I think after. Okay, so. The answer to that was, uh, if you stay tuned, and after the break, uh, we will play the brand new episode of the Teller. Episode 22. Yeah, but we never played 21, so we have two of them, actually. I thought, well, I thought, I thought we'd fix the problem with 21. It's never been never... played. Ah, so tonight's 21 or 22? I have no clue. <laughs> I'll be as surprised as you are. There so you there are. you go. Uh, anyway, so yeah, Halloween's over. It was uh, busy as usual, and uh, I want to thank you for doing the Halloween show f for us. And for those who don't know, on the Next Generation on Halloween night, we broadcast live with uh, Marla Brooks and Steve Parson, and we told scary stories from the Tales of the Crypt or whatever you want to call them. They, they were fun. That was a fun show. 
They were. There were some good stories as well from all three. All three of the uh, storytellers that night. Actually, four because we had a guest storyteller. Oh, actually, we had two guest storytellers. We had the one that was pre-recorded, uh, Marla's friend, and and we had Saint right. Jan who made an appearance. Indeed, we did. My apologies to Saint Jan. Actually, um, did you? Did, what I found hard about that is I kept slipping into a, almost a, a sort of mimicking of the teller of curious tales. Yeah, I know. It's not funny, <laughs> I thought, stop it, stop it! You're not the teller of curious tales. Right, and we've also announced the dates for next year's Spirit Quest and the theme, which is. Uh, X Files, and uh, yes, it is 20, September 27th, 28th, and 29th. So uh, stay tuned for more information on that. It should be fun. I've just come up with a great one, and uh, I've got to talk to Dylan about it. And uh, yeah, so that'll be great. Speaking so, of which, um, I've already got two of the giveaways sorted out here, arrived, delivered. Um, not going to say what they are on air, but uh, giveaways for me, I assume. No, I've, uh, I'll tell you. I don't really care. I want my stuff. <laughs> yeah, and and something very special for you too. Oh, there you go. There you go. Now I'm feeling better. But not as special as the 2017 giveaway in Applebee's. Yeah, but we can't talk about that, please. No, we can't. Okay, thank you. Uh, so, anyways, no, but you, you. Uh, I have some very nice things that you brought me, which I can't talk about because we're also used in different experiences. <laughs> but I thank you for the very nice things. It's like, it's like secrets. It's about the show that like... I can't talk about. So yeah. what the hell can I talk about? <laughs> well, you, you know, we, we themed this tonight. We were going to talk about the paranormal news. I know. Kind of excited I, about that. I, I was looking through some news articles. Okay. And then... I kind of stopped because it was depressing me. It was. It was. And that's kind of what I do. And, and I think Halloween has sort of hit the overload button of uh, crap ghosts and crap ghost stories on in the media. Yep. They're everywhere. You've got this Mexican security guard who captures the shadow in his aeroplane. Mm-hmm. Um. And it's a perfectly normal shadow. In fact, you can see it several times throughout the footage as he swings his torch about. And it's claimed to be a ghost. You've got... I mean, there is ghostly alien photobombs Russian woman on plane. Oh, that's couple, cool. Couple transported to different time and place during sex. Oh, that happens to me all the woman time. Captures <laughs> demonic, woman captures demonic encounter in hospital. Yeah, Personal well, that also happens to be all the time. <laughs> Personal trainer records ghost at castle. Yeah. Boys transform inside dark. But I just go. All right, off. that's enough. We've we've had enough of that. Okay. I think I think I, I mean, but that's the problem, isn't it? I mean, it's the whole of this paranormal thing is just reached. Um, the cesspit is full. Right. So. Let me. I, I'd like your opinion on something, and you're going to have to do this without seeing anything, so it's going to even be more difficult. <laughs> uh, but it's not so much what it is; it, it's it's uh, how it happens and stuff. And this is the intriguing part about it. And 
once again, it's extremely difficult for you to comment because you can't see it, but I understand that. So, but don't cop out on me. Just, you know, okay. try to give I me already a... get nervous when you say it's intriguing. And so don't, don't, uh, don't, uh, you can theorize is what I, I so anyways, for this house we investigated, uh, which was for a haunting. Oh, did I say that? Oh, uh, I was going this to... where you got steak tips. <laughs> no, that was a better place. <laughs> uh, no, not a better place, but a different place. That's a better way of putting it. Um, so anyways, th- there was this staircase where, where people have seen figures and so forth uh, in the house. So I set up an IR camera. It was a, uh, a Lorex camera, pretty decent camera, good quality. Um, and what had happened is that during the camera, the, the image, you would have like this it, shadow would go past the camera, but it was, it's infrared, so it was a, like a, a, uh, a, a white flash camera, okay? So it would go by the ca- past the camera, the camera would go in and out of focus, and then it would go thring, it would switch to color, and then back, which, by the way, is, is I, I understand some of the switching the color thing. But uh, so this this happened for uh, several uh, several times. OK, let's do it that way. Several All times right. during the, the first first part of the night. And then by the end of the night, the camera was perfectly normal recording normally and no more incidents of this. So. Once again, I understand you can't see it, so I, I do apologize for that. But but do you ever theorize uh, what would cause things that would cause that? I, I guess that's the word I'm looking for. Okay. Well, the first thing that leapt out at me is that uh, in infrared, a shadow is still dark, not light. Okay. Um, and so you said it was a lighter object. Yes, it was definitely um, it appeared. Well, it would sha- shadow like, but the wrong, but light. Yeah. Would that be correct? What was it? Shadow-like, but light rather than dark. Yeah, I give you absolutely yes. Okay. Um, the only things that would appear light to an infrared camera in its infrared mode would be light biased towards the infrared end of the spectrum, because those cameras work on light. Uh, white is or bright. More infrared, the lighter the the object appears. Okay. That's why. Things that emit a lot of infrared, like infrared emitters or reflective clothing that, that's bouncing infrared back, um, appears light. Uh, a shadow, a normal shadow, or a shadow even cast by the infrared reflectors themselves, uh, infrared emitters, would, would still appear dark. It would still be a shadow because mm-hmm. uh, that's how light works, regardless okay. of its wavelength. Okay, very good. Um, it's interesting that you said that the camera reverted to its color mode because the color mode suggests that, in fact, the color mode is usually tripped by an increase in light. So the fact that the camera is showing a brighter object hmm, and, then switching to more co- <laughs> and then switching to color mode yeah. suggests that there's been an increase in the overall brightness within the scene. Hmm. However, there is one um, other p- possibility that must be explored. Yeah, you should. I want to hear all of um, it. Just, I don't want and, to... and that is, what, what was, uh, had the camera been transported from outside to indoors in uh, a rapid change of environment and humidity, particularly Okay, humidity? so 
I have to ask you a question on that. What would you define as a rapid change? Well, it's, and how long of of, uh, well, of a I mean, period it, we talking about from coming in? Of course, it came into us because we brought it into us. Yeah. So, but I mean, was it was it was uh, you see with an infrared camera, particularly with an infrared camera uh-huh. uh, or modern electronic cameras, if they have uh, if they've been sitting in in the cold trunk of a car. Uh, and then brought indoors, or a change of humidity from a, a damp outside on a, a misty night to a dry inside. Yeah, you can get condensation forming in t- inside the the device itself. Ooh, that's intriguing. Yeah, uh, and that can actually take quite a while. And you did say in the second half or later on in the in the event, the camera started to behave itself. Yeah, absolutely, perfectly normal. Now, of course, the longer you have the camera switched on and the more it warms up and the more it stabilizes, the condensation the evaporates any, any yeah. condensation would, would naturally. So I would like to eliminate that before uh, anything else. But my question is how long would that take? If you, if it can I, take up to an hour. So it, if the, ca- the cameras are re. re- so about an hour, over an hour. Okay, oh, well, up to and more. It it largely depends on how the camera has been stored. So, for example, one of the old photographer's tricks yep. used to be to store your cameras inside a polythene bag. Right. So that when you brought them in, the moisture, the condensation would form on the polythene bag, mm-hmm. and then after fifteen minutes, when the camera temperature had stabilised, you could take it right. out without. But. Uh, yeah, so it can okay. it can it can take you know um, okay. an hour yeah. to be to give a conservative figure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's that's interesting. Now I'd have to really look at and see what time we set that camera up and and what time we arrived there. Yeah, and, and, and so. I'd also look at. Uh, it's a shame that uh, that you were using infrared because or did, was there an observer there? Was there a team member? No, there? it was lo- it was locked off. You see. With well, bright... I should say locked off. It was on a staircase, so yeah. yeah. Well, I, 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 the first thing that jumps to my mind from your description of the footage, yeah. Um, only one thing will make the inf- an infrared security camera that's um, infrared and daylight color is an increase in light, which trips the sensor to switch the mode of the CMOS. See, that's where I have a problem because that I controlled. Well. Something must have got brighter. Oh, well, let's assume it's not a malfunction caused by condensation, a temporary okay. malfunction. Let's, let's move on from that one, right? So, if we, if, so that's the internal one. The external one that would cause what you saw mm-hmm. would be a, an increase in the ambient light because uh, the camera switched to, to color and the footage shows a brighter right, object, right. not a dark. I, I, I do know that, by the way. I, I, I do understand that. Yep. So that's so you've got one internal possibility, internal to the camera, and one external from the so, camera. Well, I really don't have an external because I have no source for this light. That's where, where the problem lies. A passing uh, car, perhaps? Uh, it or, was a team, a, or a team yeah, well, member's I'm not, torch. I'm not going to rule no, because once again, we're all together in this, and I know okay. where we are at all times. So that's not the, the possibility of a team. It's no, There's no um, people uh, – what's the word? People pollution that, I, that I'm talking about. It, so the car, that would probably be something I would have to check out, although once again, because of the location and interior – 
uh, staircase. Uh, I, you know, it's difficult to. Uh... Now, let me ask you about the the light. Okay, so let's say it was a car light. Okay. All right. So would the car light have to reflect on the camera itself, or no? No, the camera would just have to see a, a, a brightening of the scene, and then it would. Assuming that we're dealing with the external source, not the camera. Yeah, uh, but once again, once again, we're talking about you know a movement across the lens from well, say, it, left it, to if, right. If you if you if you uh, or you could try an experiment to find out what you need to do is set up the camera mm-hmm. on a in a darkened space and then shine a torch onto um ceiling above the camera so it's not directly at the camera actually i see- can do that tonight because we will be using that camera in the uh-huh. red light seance so it's it's perfectly and and logical. see if you can get the camera to switch into its color mode and how how intense the brightness of the light has to be right I, yeah i do know that we can switch it into the because that I, would tot- be I totally way. understand that we've had we've had uh, you know we certainly understand that totally about the the brightness and so forth so yeah. but just a particular one i could actually try some experiments and try to replicate some of the thing but it was it was intriguing I mean, if you can if you can eliminate the fact that the camera is there was nothing outside of the the mm. camera itself so no, no 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 light leakage into the building or into the scene yeah i know that's the thing that then we, you're we, only we left with eliminating the most difficult one of all unfortunately um, which is, did the camera in some way malfunction due to having been, you know, relocated? Yeah, but once again, we have that same type of motion, which is repetitive. So uh, it's that's the thing I really have to look at. Uh, so, anyways, it's it's, it's good. And and by the way, I'm not in Options. any way, man, or, or anything, saying that this was paranormal. It was a, something that occurred that I was trying to ex- understand. Uh, so, you know, well, a lot every of people, occurrence has to be explained. Yeah, see, that's the the, the interesting thing, and a lot of people, uh, you know, uh, kind of overlook that. You know, they get something that they can't right away identify, and therefore it becomes quickly becomes paranormal. Uh, or equally, you get the opposite effect, um, where people immediately assume that they can explain something away. Right. And they will go, no, that's not paranormal. And they don't look at it in any great depth. That's, that's true, too. And, they, and then sometimes you can miss things that might appear to be ordinary at first. But actually, when you examine the scene in more detail, you realize, well, actually, that shouldn't be happening the way it's happening there. True. So true. But uh, it's, all, it's all good stuff. It's all... We have to, you know, whenever we get a question like that one, what did the camera, you know, what happened to the camera, what, you know, what took place, then the, uh, the investigator has to find an answer. Yeah, and, you know, the unfortunate part is, is that it occurs, you know, such a long period after the incident itself. Yes, it does. And also the other problem is that these things are not predictable. Um, and that's, right. that's, you know, that's why we, we don't have, you know, I got asked loads of times in the, over Easter, uh, over Easter, where did that come from? Over Halloween. Uh, <laughs> Looking forward to the next uh, holiday. Yeah. <laughs> um, about paranormality and what is a ghost and how, what, what equipment we use. And, oh God, I hate this. Yeah, it, it's this, it's this problem that we've got though, is we can't define these things because they are so chance random 
you know, there are opportunities to to coincide with them in a in a with equipment or with observers. Mm-hmm. Is well, I mean, I would say it's 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 sparse and infrequent. However, that sort of flies in the face of most of the crap that I've seen on social media <laughs> over the last year or so, where it seems that all you've got to do is rock up at a building with a bunch of mates and you've got more proof in one night than psychical research managed in 500 years. Yeah, that's the good thing about today's ghost hunting. You get instant results. Yeah. Instant, whether they're right or wrong is another story. Uh, (laughs) I can't explain it, therefore it must be paranormal. Mm. So anyway, uh, I, I did want to bring that up, so I, I do thank you for Your at least batting that about, which is good. And, and that, you know, that's another problem we have is that uh, people You're not going to block me on social media now for giving you an answer that... I may, I may. I, I, I'm thinking about it. You know, I have to uh, run that by uh, my uh, alter ego and uh, decide. But... Uh, that's what normally happens, isn't it? You know, people... If they, they People put this put this the videos up on social media and they go what do I, what does everybody think and then somebody go back and write you know sort of oh well, i can you know dust or flies or shadows no i don't agree my psychic friend anyway i'm going to block you on social media and call your names then yeah Whatever. that's that's the normal response to what should be the process of peer review exactly when you put it out there and you invite people to offer their opinion, offer their view, because they might have seen something or, or have encountered something similar that you never have, and that exactly. they can offer you some insight. What? There's something new you might not know? Oh, goodness gracious. That's unbelievable. Uh, who for them? What's that? For them. Yeah. Yeah, most so- ghost hunters. I mean, it's like this... Why were you thinking I was talking about you? I am no, sure no. there are things that you don't know. There's a hell of a lot I don't know. Because we all don't know everything. But it's well, it's kind of like driving, isn't it? You know, when people do these things, everybody when there's when they do a survey about driving skills, you know, are you, how do you rate your driving? Average, I suck. above average, <laughs> below average. The vast majority of people will say that their driving skills are above average. Yeah, mine suck. <laughs> that puts you in the minority, though, my friend. How do I know that? Because everybody tells me. <laughs> but that puts you in the minority because yeah. most people firmly, and that's that's why we have road rage because you've got two people who believe that the other person is in the wrong, and you know you have that sort of weird para rage when somebody tells you that your picture is nothing paranormal, and yet you believe it is. Well, you know, if you have so such self belief then why are you even putting it out there? And let, because you're, you know, these people, they're never happy unless you agree with them. Mm-hmm. Because what they're looking for isn't peer review. They're looking for confirmation that they are, they oh, are the best, that they are the best investigators and that they have proof beyond all question and all doubt. And it just isn't the case, unfortunately. Yeah. I, uh... True. Yeah. So I, I was just thinking while you were talking about uh, outdoor ghosts, uh, I mean, there, there seems to be a greater, greater number of indoor ghosts seen. Uh, are there a good number of outdoor ghosts? I mean, I use that term as, you know, mostly, but are there 
a great deal of outgoing ghosts being reported. Oh, for sure. Um, I mean, the the predominance is still for indoors versus outdoors. Uh, I don't know. I, I wouldn't even begin to guess at the statistics. Uh-huh. But there is certainly the majority are indoors and the minority are, are outdoors. But right. we are not certainly not short of outdoor ghosts, uh, either either in historical or contemporary accounts. Um, both sides of the Atlantic, uh, we've got ghosts yeah. pretty much everywhere, indoors, outdoors, in toilets, on aeroplanes now. Yeah, that's a point. Um, and and what's indoors anyway? Because, you know, half of the buildings, that, you know, these old deserted buildings, they don't have roofs on. They're open to the elements. So does that count as indoors or outdoors? Right. The, the other thing, and, and this goes along with that, is I wonder what the the relationship is between uh, stagnant spirit, in other words, you just see a figure, versus you see a figure moving. Uh, I, I would say the, the bulk of them tend to, well, let's throw orbs out as that goes right now, uh, or, or misty shadows. I mean, talking about full figure operations, are there more is there more a tendency to be, see a stagnant figure or a moving figure? And, and we're talking about full well, full body operation, I guess, is if we're going to use a term that would be acceptable. Uh, mo- moving predominates um, in the in the reports over uh, static figures. However, apparitions are actually quite low down the scale of reported paranormal experiences. Now that's kind of interesting. And why the most that... the most commonly reported are smell, followed by hearing, heard sounds. Mm. Yeah, apparitions, I think a third, maybe even fourth. Um, so what would be? I mean, if to me an apparition would be the if you were having a proof uh, or an evidence scale, that would be your number one. To be able to see it, I would think, be more up there than, for instance, hearing it or smelling it. Um, well, I think depends on on how you prioritize your and how that relates to the experience. Because if you see something in an area where only everybody else has heard something, you would then be questioned by everybody else as to why your experience was so different. Uh, I mean, you get that quite a lot where people... Well, with psychics, if you take a psychic or a medium on an investigation, they are having an, um, an experience that nobody else can have, and so people question them. Mm-hmm. So, if you were seeing something, while it might be high, it might be compelling for you because you're seeing the full-bodied apparition. Right. The other four people in the room say could only hear it walking about, clump, 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 as it right. walked around the room. So they would question you and think, well, you know, we all heard it, he saw it. Uh, you don't really trust him. And speaking so, about seeing, I, I see that we're coming up to the break here, we so we have, to, we have to finish this off. So last thought? I'd break time. Okay. So anyways, <laughs> this is uh, Ghost Chronicles International with Steve Fass and Ron Kolick right here on Tojanet and Parax Radio. And uh, when we come back, we'll have uh, the teller of Curious Tales, a brand new episode. So stay tuned. We'll be right back after the following messages. And you'll still be in Quibi. Welcome to Tokinet. 
Radio with a cutting edge. Hi, Steve Parsons here looking for sea monsters in Tenby, West Wales. And I'll be over in New England looking for your sea monsters this coming fall. Join me, Ron Kolek, and a host of others at Spirit Quest 2018. We'll see you there. International right here on Tojanet and Parex Radio and wherever else we're being picked up, which I understand is a few other places. So uh, I am Rod Kolick and with me is Steve Parson. And Not now, by the way. I knew you would be. Uh, and we were talking a little bit about ghosts and so forth, uh, some evidence collecting and some other stuff before the break. But uh, after the break, we have this brand new episode of the Teller of Curious Tales. So Without further ado, I think we're going to bring the teller in. So here we go, the teller of curious tales. Tonight, I, the teller of curious tales, open my book once again and bring you strange and unusual stories, true stories. Stranger than any fiction ever written. Listen to the teller of curious tales. When we read of how witches and wizards were burned and hanged and otherwise tortured, we can't help but feel sorry for these poor unfortunates. But there's another side to the story. In order to carry out their fear-inspiring practices, witches and sorcerers often had to resort to such crimes as poison brewing, grave robbing, and even murder. All these things were part of this loathsome cult. My next story is probably one of the most notorious examples of sin, crime, and antiquity ever unearthed in a civilized country. And it was all done in the name of sorcery. During the reign of Louis XIV, Gabriel Delarene, Paris's lieutenant of police, raided a place at 25 Rue Beauregard, known as the House of Witches. His act let loose an avalanche of scandal and crime implicating the highest 
and most powerful names in France. This house of witches was presided over by a woman called La Voisin. In the basement, there was a secret chapel dedicated to Satan, where the infamous Black Mass was celebrated. In other secret rooms, poisons were brewed, love potions concocted, and witchcraft was practiced. Among La Voisin's satellites were the two executioners of Paris, who brought her the bodies of murderers that they had executed, and these were made into the tall black tapers so necessary in her secret ceremonies. Her chief assistant was a man of 73, who called himself Abbé Giburg. In the literature of the time, he is described as a tall, stoop-shouldered, evil-faced man. He made the poisons and officiated as the devil's priest when Satan's mass was celebrated. To this sinister house came Madame de Montespan, for 16 years the king's favourite. She was losing his love and wanted Lavoisin's help to win back the fickle monarch. She was told to return on the first morning after the dark of the moon. When she came, she spent the day in preparation. It was a day of sacrifice, fasting and prayer. Not prayers as we know them, for her prayers were directed to Satan. When night came, the devil's chapel was put in readiness. A long black velvet pall was spread over the altar and six of the magic black candles were lit. After these preparations had been completed, de Montespan was placed on the velvet-covered altar of Beelzebub. There was a dead silence. A door opened, and Giburg, the devil's priest, came in, dressed in a black robe, embroidered in silver with magic symbols. Again, the death-like silence. And then Giburg began intoning the blasphemous ritual. A dove was sacrificed to symbolize the killing of Christianity. The ceremony continued. Silently, Lavoisin crept forward, bearing an infant on a pillow. A knife was raised, its blade flashing in the light of the candles. Then a sharp, swift gash and the infant's blood streamed over the white figure of de Montespan. Its tiny body was then flung into the white-hot oven, made especially for the disposal of sacrificial infants. The devil's mass was over. At her trial, Lavoisin confessed she had bought from the poor people of Paris over 2,500 babies for this purpose. 319 people were arrested for taking part in these orgies. But before anyone was brought to trial, the king insisted on hearing all the evidence and then ordered most suppressed. Too many of his favourites were implicated to allow such evidence to become public property. 36 were executed, 147 imprisoned for life, and many more sent to the galleys. Dozens committed suicide, 
and most shameful of all, hundreds of innocent people were put in solitary confinement because they knew too much. And that is the story of the House of Witches. The gong strikes. My time is up. The teller of curious tales has closed his book. On my next visit, I'll bring you other stories, curious tales, strange beliefs. Until then, sleep tight. <laughs> Well, all right, shut up. That was a pretty good one. That was gruesome. Yeah, we should have had that for Halloween. Uh, well, we did, but which episode was that? 21? 20? 19? I don't know. Uh, definitely well, not 19. Definitely not 19. Hang on, I'm, I'm just scrolling back through all of the previous episodes. Thoughtfully... Oh, hang on, that's 23, was that, no, that's, that, is that 23, House of Witches? It's House of Witches. Well, that's 23, so we skipped 21 and 22. I don't know if we did or didn't. Oh, we haven't done them, because I only sent 22 and 23 over today. Okay, there you go. So anyways. Oh, we're a bit out of sequence, ladies and gentlefolk. I, I blame Steve. <laughs> I blame the teller of curious tales. There you go. So, anyways, that was that was a good one, though. I, I found that, was, that, one's, that was a bit creepy. It's one of the better ones. Uh, not that they're not good, but uh, anyways. So, uh, before the break, we were talking a little bit about ghosts and collecting evidence and so forth. So, I guess you know, what I was kind of alluding to you, and when you started talking about evidence and so forth, is what would be the ultimate evidence. Of a ghost or spirit. For me, uh, I think that's quite actually it's quite an easy one to answer because what oh, I've right. always what I've always sought is um, sub, a subjective account verified by the objective uh, data from a piece of equipment happening coincidentally with one another. So, for example, a very simple example. Uh, would be um, one or two people saying that the room has gone icy cold um, and that then, you know, I mean, and then uh, perhaps a recorded temperature drop on some of the temperature recorders, the data recorders that are scattered about or in use. Uh, and that's happened on three occasions. Now, for me, that that evidence stacks up because you've got the human account of the human but, testimony. But, yeah, but I, I have a big problem with that, actually. Well, if you well, I mean, I, I go on, throw out it, your problem first because it, it, I, I was ve- giving a very simplistic answer. So okay, so that that explains it then, because I mean that's certainly no <laughs> proof other than that there is a cold spot or a cold thing. It doesn't prove that it's ghosts. It doesn't prove no, it that doesn't. it's anything. All it does is 
prove that this phenomenon exists, uh, that there are cold spot, that people felt the cold spot, uh -huh. and the cold stop was measurable. So, therefore, it existed. Uh, but, I mean, what would be the proof of a ghost? That's what I was really trying to get at. And, and I understand what you're saying is, is the verifier of the tween, but what would well, it take, was, what would it take right. for Steve Parsons, for instance, to say, this is a ghost? The I gave a very simplistic answer. I know uh, you did. I understand but, that. But the definition um, of what would what you know of what it would take would be exactly the same. A human experience. Yeah, I understand. I understand the, the the collecting method and the verification method. But what is that? So well, all right. Evidence uh, that would make to, you say to, that to, it to is give the you most. A, to give you a more. Uh, Slightly uh, another simple is somebody saying, I can see a ghost in the corner at the same moment that a video camera captures an apparition um, in this in the precise spot where they're indicating that they can see something. OK, um, because what 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 you're always looking for is you're trying to validate the human experience. Uh, agreed. Agreed. Totally agree with you on that. And. It's. I, I don't think anybody would disagree with my contention that a camera or a thermometer doesn't have any imagination, can't be front-loaded with expectation and prior belief, although the, the pictures can, obviously, yeah. um, or the human being that looks well, at give, the pictures. Give the way we're going now, it might be able to. It, but, uh... <laughs> yeah, but if, if somebody in real time simultaneously said, I, I, I am having an experience that can be validated by a piece of equipment, and if that was apparitional, then I think you could label that as, a, as an apparition or, or, or a ghost. Yeah. But the yeah. problem is that word ghost, because, you know, as, as I'm so fond of saying... We don't say, know what a ghost is. We can't define, we can't define that, that right. word. That word is a very difficult word to pin down. I agree totally with you on that one as well. So, uh, so I've always I've always sought sought and looked for uh, the subjective and objective correlations. So let me let me go another way. Okay, let's let's pretend we have a medium with us, Steve. You and I have a medium uh -huh. with us, right? And uh, it's Stephen Scott. Okay, there you go. Somebody we know, Stephen Scott. So Stephen's with us. And he says in his Irish book, which we have to translate, is uh, there's a figure of uh, uh, my aunt's uh, mother over there, okay? And we look in the corner, and I see what appears to be my mother. And you see a figure of a, a small woman. Would that be absolute proof that that, that ghost uh, is a is, is there? No, because what you've got is multiple subjective experiences. Ah, okay. And, so what would we need? We would need a, a camera. If a video camera independently recorded a clear apparition, a clear ah, figure. Okay. Then, then I think you've got a, you know I think you you're in there bang to rights with that one. Okay. Um, but you but. Somebody saying, "Oh, look! I can see a figure in the corner." Yes. Let's be honest. This happens at most ghost investigations. Yeah, I just thought. As soon as you said that, that's what I thought of. Because I remember two or three others will go, "Oh, yeah." So can I? Um, what you've really got there is 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 kind of a, a domino effect, a psychological right. effect um, of somebody triggering suggestion and um, expectation. Yeah. 
I remember I watching a show. I think it was on the Travel Channel, and it was this small town out, out in the, the Midwest. And this this woman was supposed to a ghostly woman would appear in the cemetery at a certain time. So the the mayor gathered up a whole ton of people there, went out there with the camera crew, and they they uh, they had a medium with them, of course. And then the the medium said, "Oh, I, the ghost is over there behind that thing." And the mayor said, oh, I see it, I see it. And the rest of the people in the crowd said, I see it. But the only problem is the, the crew from the travel channel had no record of it being on their film or anything. Well, I mean, you've got, I've got to make it, um, I've also got to make the point that because the camera isn't seeing it, because the camera in the human eye worked differently, doesn't mean it wasn't there. It just, mm. decre- it just decreases the validity as a, as you know, as as evidence. Right. Um, now, I mean, a, a quite remarkably similar account happened, of course, at, at Lords, um, where where you have the the Blessed the, Virgin, the, the appearance of the Blessed Virgin, and the and and of the the multiple suns in the sky, yep. because there was lots of there were thousands of French people all milling about, and it yep. wasn't until the children well, were went. French. A civilized country, and it wasn't until the the children said there there is there she is, there's a murmur and it's written down in the account. So the murmur went round the crowd as more and more people looked and then saw the the apparition of the Blessed Virgin. Mm-hmm. Now, I imagine that if the Blessed Virgin had just sort of popped up with thousands of people milling about. There would have been more than three kids at the front going, uh, have you looked behind you? <laughs> uh, she's over there. But in the account, it's actually quite precisely written that the, the children say, we can see her, and then it spreads through murmurings through the crowd. And I don't want to be dismissive of, uh, because you know that the these religious apparitions fascinate me and intrigue. Yeah. Uh, but nonetheless, it's also my religion, so be careful. <laughs> I, don't, I don't care about that. Whoa! Uh, you have no, no respect what, for me. Oh. Um, in terms of <laughs> in terms of offering a, a reasonable explanation, in the accounts, and the accounts are the only things that we have because unfortunately nobody nobody took a picture. Right. Um, even though cameras existed, nobody thought to take a picture. Um, that, that's have, amazing itself. What you do have is these uh, many accounts of the appearance of the Blessed Virgin Mary at Lords, mm-hmm. and they agree on one thing, and that is that the Blessed Virgin was first seen by a few, and then you know through murmurings and pointings and more and more people started to see. So is it more of a mass hysteria type thing? It could be, or you know. You, you you look at other phenomena that take place. Um, the the meteorite that took place in Russia. Um, oh, that was clearly seen by so many people and recorded, which is even exactly. Awesome. And I imagine that if thousands of people had gone to the grotto at Lords specifically, and they had gone specifically there to see the Blessed Virgin Mary, and they're all milling about doing what people do, waiting for her to appear. Right. You would have thought that more than you know a handful of people would have gone. Uh, look, you would have expected the majority of people to say uh, she's there, yeah, and have you know uh, 
there was there'd always be a few that are looking in the wrong direction or staring at their feet or fiddling with their cell phones or you know doing what people doing and not paying you know but in in the written accounts of the appearance at lords um and and indeed quite similarly at fatima you have this a handful of people see the apparition first and then it spreads mm-hmm. um, and so whether the apparition was real or not uh, whether when Stephen said i can see your mother in the corner of the room and you and i both look and we see a figure yeah whether we see a figure or not unfortunately it does it it's not as veridical in terms of evidence as if uh, if we'd had a camera running simultaneously true so true and yeah. therein lies the problem and therein lies the many many difficulties of uh, investigating these sorts of cases. So and do, you, do you think we'll ever prove, if, if, if ghosts exist, do you think we ever can prove that they do exist? Well, if we can prove that they do exist, we open up an entire can of worms uh, because it throws so many other things into question. So, for example, um, because let, let's, let's presume that um, the existence of ghosts has been demonstrated and has been proven so we're just presuming something now right yeah and therefore that suggests that what that indicates that some element of us survives bodily death right so how does that affect religion how does that affect society how does that affect law because would murder be a crime any longer murder of a corporal body could Possibly, but if if the if the place that that's intriguing, though. To, yeah, right. Because if you're not is, dead, is it is a nirvana, is a is a utopian, you know, paradise? Are you well, we, we, we don't. Well, it's a long well, way of saying that ghosts exist versus where they are is another whole story for another. Well, it, it <laughs> is, but it opens up these questions of mm-hmm. when you step, you know, if you if you stab somebody and kill them. Are you really killing them in terms of... Are you just freeing them? Is, is, well, is, is, how do you then redefine death? Because is death only a corporal death or is it a soul death? Uh, is stabbing somebody merely akin to a wounding? Hmm. You know, it, it, and of course, um, religion also then becomes challenged. Because no, not really. Well, it might do because many. It might be, but it, it might be because a lot of religions don't automatically include the the fact that we pop back as apparitions, although many of them do suggest. I mean, for example, uh, some religions suggest that we we reincarnate totally into a human body, into right. a into an animated solid body. Mm-hmm. Um, some religions suggest that we go into another dimension. Um, some religions, like Christianity, say that you go somewhere else to, to my father's house where there are many rooms and uh, you all have your own en suites. Yeah, but uh, the, the Catholic Church opens that. Uh, well, it opens, see, opens its creed for ghosts, actually. Well, it does. You're absolutely right. But there are other religions that don't. And so yeah. you have, you're going to start to throw a lot of things into turmoil and question. So maybe the actual... The, the, the real answer is we should never know the answers to these questions. Yeah, maybe that's why we never will. And, and is, isn't that the same thing that uh, UFOologists ask? Well, 
what would happen if 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 we were aliens? What would, all those same things would ha- go through their mind? What about religion? What about? Well, it's certainly put forward, but yeah. the the Catholic Church, and in fact, uh, most of the big the big the big four religions have dealt with this problem of extraterrestrial life by embracing sure. it. Mm-hmm. And what they've said is, well, of course, you know, if there are, you know, when we do discover life on other planets, they will be God's creation, or God's creation too. Oh, that's good. Uh, and uh, all of the main religions have have actually embraced that. Uh, oh, that's good. Uh, and said, you know, well, we'll just claim them as ours. Speaking about <laughs> uh, um, speaking about aliens, did you? I just before I came on air, I was listening to a show, and uh, this they were just bringing things in the, from the news. And uh, do you do you remember seeing that that uh, thing that went by the sun? It was like a big flat, uh, a weird shaped thing. Kind oh of, yeah, yeah. Well, or was this when the sun went twice, uh, when the moon went the wrong way in the sky as well? Oh no, I don't know if it's that. But this is this thing that went by the sun, and and they're saying they now there are two prominent scientists from I think Harvard University that wrote up this paper saying they believe it's an alien probe, oh. and uh, it it may not be functional, but uh, it it's definitely an alien probe, and uh, well, so. that's going to annoy the people who said it was Nibiru. <laughs> <laughs> you see again this is this you know we we have so many i think it's part of just being human isn't it right you have these when we when we're faced with an unknown that's right i mean there was a professor that said that the tornadoes and uh, <laughs> attacked states that uh didn't vote for trump so they you know <laughs> well you know whenever we're faced with situations where where we we don't understand something it opens the door to all and uh, do you know what uh, I, I retract that statement because whenever we're faced with any situation, uh, being part of being human is our ability to completely turn things in any direction we want. Um, you know, we we have an established science that says that the Earth is a globe, um, and we no, know, not according to some people. This is that exactly the point I was making. Um, it doesn't matter whether it's a fantastical notion like an alien probe or a, or, or a proven reality uh, like the globe Earth. There are still humans and many, many, many of them who will state a case and believe in the case for the existence of their version of a reality, right. a different reality than everybody else. So, of course, um, you know, for those people, the Earth is flat. Mm-hmm. For for people who believe absolutely that ghosts are a reality and that they represent some aspect of survival of bodily death, then of course they are an absolute reality. To the crazy le- to the to the crazy lady I was debating with last night about whether we should ban fireworks, there was absolutely nothing nothing I could do to dissuade her from her. Ever shifting arguments uh, and different reasons as to why uh, fire. Well, that was that was a different bell. Uh, it was a bit, wasn't it? Maybe the pizza's changed. Maybe the doorbell's broken. We, we should probably have it get fixed. Well, if we change delivery companies. Uh, maybe, yeah. Maybe it's different. Uh, yeah, Papa Gino's is uh, to close a lot of stores, so I guess we're not buying our pizza from the dead from them anymore. Uh, so, anyways, that was the bell, and, and we do have to wrap it up. So, um, so where are you appearing um, on your book tour? 
Uh, nowhere right yet. We're doing a lot of radio right now, but no more. I think uh, book signing for a little while, so that's that's good. That's giving me a break. The holidays are coming. So, uh, oh, yeah. what about Black how, Friday? How, how is uh, your book doing? Of course. Well, the official book launch is still about five weeks away. Oh, okay. And we'll talk has... about the SBR book uh, that Steve right. wrote, which is uh, called. Which is called Spontaneous Case Notes for Invest uh, Guidance Notes for Investigators of Spontaneous Cases, Apparitions, Hauntings, Poltergeists, and Similar Phenomena. I actually read some of it and found Doesn't it. it. Officially, it hasn't been launched yet. Um, it officially launches mid-December. Oh, excellent. So, there you go. So, uh, anyways, you can check out my web- website at any time to see what's going on in egosproject.com, the letter N, the letter E, egosproject.com. Uh, check out my personal page, ronald.colick. Uh, or is it just Ronald Colick? I'm sorry, ronaldcolick.com. No dot in there. And always friend me on Facebook, which is Ronald Colick. That's a pretty thing. And. So. Don't bother following or looking for me because like, there's nothing happening at the moment. Yeah, but you're always just, you know, you could speak something, say some English, and that'll drive all the girls crazy. <laughs> so, September 27th, 28th, 29th, Spirit Quest 2019 X Files. Steve and I will be there. And, That's uh, the letter E, the letter X Files. <laughs> <laughs> X. It could be, right? Could be. All right, so thanks for loosening. Yeah, it could be loosening. Listening and uh, tune in next week when we'll be back, unfortunately. So <laughs> till then, good night. God bless. God bless. to ghosties, long-leggedy beasties, and things that go bump in the night. Deliver us, good Lord.